Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to episode 64 of the Ancient World podcast. So in this episode, we're going to do the last part of the whole comedy, the last part of the Paradiso, the third book from Dante. And we start on Canto 30. And at this point, so we had in the last episode when he sees up the first in the eyes of Beatrice and then he looks up and he sees the, the, the light, the point of divinity with the nine angelical orders. And now in Canto 30, he's continuing and they do the final step up to or into the Empyrean. And then Beatrice explains to Dante, She, with the tone and gesture of a guide whose task is done, said, We have gone beyond from greatest sphere to heaven of pure light, light of the intellect, light full of love, love of the true good, full of ecstasy, Ecstasy that transcends the sweetest joy. Here you shall see the twofold soldiery of paradise, and one host you will see as you will see them on the final day. Just as a sudden flash of lightning strikes the visual spirits and so stuns the eyes that even the clearest objects fade from sight, so glorious living light encompassed me, enfolding me so tightly in its veil of luminance that I saw only light. So this is how he describes the ascent into the 10th level or uh, after the nine spheres into the 10th realm, which is the Empyrean, which is outside time and space. It is just pure light and is also the mind of God in itself. And the Empyrean has no beginning and no end. So this is now where we have moved in with the journey. And then Dante is describing what he's uh, his experience from here. So in the 31st canto, he is then uh, seeing the white rose, which is a symbol of uh, divine love. The, a red rose is the earthly love, and then the white rose is the divine love. And this is where all the, uh, the souls, all the angels, they are living in the white rose. So when you see them in all the spheres earlier in the book, that is a reflection or kind of they're projected down into the spheres. But they all stay in the Empyrean in the white rose. And then Dante describes first his, his feeling of seeing this. Uh, he has a comparison to the, the how it would be for barbarians from the far north to come to Rome and see the splendor of Rome. So this is one of all these examples where Dante is is mixing deep theology and spirituality with historical facts and uh, kind of a fun little contrast here. So he says, if the barbarians uh, 
coming from such parts as every day are spanned by Hellis, traveling the sky with her beloved son, when they saw Rome, her mighty monuments, the days the Lateran built high outsoared all moral art, sorry, all mortal art, were so struck with amazement. Then I, coming to heaven from mortal earth, from man's time to divinity, to divine eternity, from Florence to a people just and sane, with what amazement must I have been struck? So this is his, uh, the moment where he sees the, the divine rose, the white rose in the Imperium. And at this point, Beatrice leaves him. So she has been the guide from the earthly paradise at the end of the second book up to, until this point, because now she has come to her home. And then there is another person guiding him. The last step from the white rose and then up to the, the, the point of light in itself. And he describes this person and he says, uh, what I expected was not what I saw. I thought to see Beatrice there, but saw an elder in the robes of heaven's saints. And this is St. Bernard, which is a mystic, a Christian mystic. His eyes, his cheeks were filled with the divine joy of the blessed, his attitude with love that every tender-hearted father knows. And she, where is she? Instantly, I asked. So he's wondering about where is Beatrice. He answered, I was urged by Beatrice to leave my place and end all your desire. You will behold her if you raise your eyes to the third circle from the highest tier and throne where her own merit destined her. So he's referring to the structure of the divine rose and the different levels where Beatrice is on the third, third row from the, the top. I did not say a word but raised my eyes and saw her there in all her glory crowned by the reflections of eternal life, light. So he sees her, but distance made no difference, for her image came down to me unblurred by anything. And then uh, he describes, And she so far away, or so it seemed, looked down at me and smiled. Then to eternal light she turned once more. And this is the last we see of uh, Beatrice. So she's smiling to him and then she looks up to the eternal light. Then we get to the 32nd canto. This is the next last canto in the whole work. And here St. Bernard explains the white rose and the whole uh, structure. And so the white rose is filled with all the important people from the Old Testament and the New Testament. So they are all the saints of the New Testament, the blessed of the Old Testament. You have on the top the main person and then the, the, the crowning position is uh, Mary. And then under her is Eve and then, then you get Beatrice. And on the sides of Mary you have Adam and Moses and you have John and Peter. And then you have many other of the, the, the sacred uh, souls and, and people and then also on the other side you have uh, Augustine and Francis Lucy, John the Baptist and Anne so in the, this canto you have kind of detailed description of, of uh, the structure of the rose and then towards the end of this canto 
we're getting the preparation for the final moment. And this is where um, St. Bernard says to him. And this is a point where he addresses also us as readers and explains to Dante. And it just reminds me of where we are in the whole work. So St. Bernard says, But since the time left for your, your journey's vision grows short, let us stop here. Like the good tailor who cuts the gown according to his cloth and turn our eyes upon the primal love. So it just reminds me that we are in the middle of a poem and we're moving towards the last page. So let us stop like the good tailor. Like we don't have much cloth left to, to make this work. Like the, as the literary work. And then he says, Now follow me with all your devotion and do not let your heart stray from my words. And he began to say his holy prayer. So he's now praying to uh, to Mary, so Mary can give Dante this final grace, so he can experience uh, divinity and understand, get his full understanding and vision of the Trinity and the divinity in the center of the light. And this is how the last canto begins. So St. Bernard says, O Virgin Mother, daughter of your Son, most humble, most exalted of all creatures, chosen of God in his eternal plan, you are the one who ennobled human nature to the extent that he did not disdain, who was its maker, to make himself man. Within your womb rekindled was the love that gave the warmth that did allow this flower to come to bloom within this timeless peace. And then St. Bernard refers to Dante when he is praying to Mary. This is a man from the deepest pit of all the universe up to this height has witnessed one by one the lives of souls who begs you that you grant him through your grace the power to raise his vision higher still, to penetrate the final blessedness. And that through your own prayers dispel the mist of his mortality that he may have the sum of joy revealed before his eyes. I pray you also, queen who can achieve your every wish, keep his affections sound once he had the vision and returns. So this is... Uh, St. Uh, Bernard is now asking that grant Dante the final vision, but also that he keeps his senses and his, uh, his uh, groundedness afterwards so he can return and implicitly write the whole work of the comedy. So there's another one of the self-reference from, from Dante as a, the author of the work, like well, his wishes for <laughs> having this final vision himself and then putting it into his, uh, his book of the Paradiso. Then also, on the side, so, it's a, so Mary is also like the symbol of uh, a spiritual birth or a spiritual rebirth or in, in the sense that she is the one who gives birth to the spiritual and divine humanity. So what Bernard is asking is that this concept of the, <laughs> the spiritual birth can grant Dante like an entrance into this and experience it. And then also indirectly when we read it, we can understand a deeper meaning of this symbolism. 
And then he describes Mary. Those eyes, so loved and reverenced by God, now fixed on him who prayed, made clear to us how precious true devotion is to her. Then she looked into the eternal light, into whose being we must believe no eyes of other creatures pierce with such insight. And now Dante is given, uh, given the grace to have this experience. For now my vision, as it grew more clear, was penetrating more and more the ray of that exalted light of truth itself. And he reflects on this this feeling of of, uh, of expanded consciousness in some sense, or, or uh, being like a, a deeper experience. So he says, as he who sees things in a dream and wakes to feel the passion of the dream still there, although no part of it remains in mind, just such am I. My vision fades and all but ceases, yet the sweetness born of it, I still can feel distilling in my heart. So it's also interesting how he now distances himself from the from the this moment that is coming and emerging, and puts himself uh, like on the point of writing it afterwards. That uh, he's commenting on how this happened, and even if he's now gone, like uh, uh, like a dream, he still feels it in his heart when he's now back in his normal life and writing the work. O light supreme, so far beyond the reach of mortal understanding, to my mind will lend now some small part of your own self, and give me, and give to my tongue eloquence enough to capture just one spark of all your glory, that I may leave for future generations. So this is again like as he's, he's writing as a, the writer of of the comedy. For by returning briefly to my mind and sounding even faintly in my verse, more of your might will be revealed to men. And he describes further, O grace abounding and allowing me to dare to fix my gaze on the eternal light. So deep my vision was consumed in it. I saw how it contains within its depths all things bound in a single book by love. I saw, I know I saw the universal form, the fusion of all things, for I can feel while speaking now my heart leap up in joy. And furthermore, my mind was totally entranced in gazing deeply, motionless, intent. The more it saw, the more it burned to see. And one is so transformed within that light that it will be impossible to think of ever turning one's eyes from that sight. And then he has one more reflection about like, this experience, that he feels that things are changing, but he understands that it, he, it is himself that is changing as he's looking at this. So, the, uh, as I learned to see more and the power of vision grew in me, that single aspect as I changed seemed to me to change itself. And then finally he describes the essence of the, the, the center of this, what he sees. I saw the great light shine in three circles, in three clear colors bound in one same space. The first seemed to reflect the next like rainbow on rainbow. And the third was like a flame equally breathed forth by the other two so this is uh, from the uh, the catholic faith the trinity with the father and the son are the first two that are reflecting like rainbow on rainbow, on rainbow and then the third is the holy spirit which is a breathing forth uh, by the other two
So at this point, this concept is not, in some sense, the biblical one. It's more the the Greek philosophy version with Plato and also to some extent Aristotle. But then Dante also merges in a little bit more of the of the the, the Christian tradition, and he says. That circle in which, as I conceived it, shone in you as your own first reflected light when I looked deep into it a while, seemed in itself and in its own self-color to be depicted with man's very image. My eyes were totally absorbed in it. So he kind of sees the, the, the image of, of a man, or like mankind, and in some sense he's suggesting that what he sees is how human, like the, the combination of divinity and humanity is kind of merging and emerging out of this. Uh, and then with a reference to to the image of Christ, the Christian faith. So, and there's also, a, like this is the final moment of the whole work. And one of the main objectives of the whole work for Dante was to Continued the work of Aquinas with emerging Greek philosophy and the Christian religion, this, this scholastic project in the 1200s, which Dante is doing all through the work in all the three books. And also now in the final moment, he's, <laughs> he's um, kind of blending them together. And also in some sense, since the Greek tradition is the oldest one, the, the New Testament tradition is then kind of emerging slowly like a little image vaguely within these three circles of light, which are kind of upon each other. So there's three three circles, but they're also like one, a unity, which is the Trinity, and one of those themes throughout the whole work. And also hinting towards how the comedy in itself is three books, but one joint work. So they have the three different realms and part of the journey, but it's also about human nature and divinity and and um, different perspectives on all the aspects of human life and human nature. So, when he then says, my eyes were totally absorbed in it, and this is also then <laughs> at the deepest point, in some sense, of the spiritual part of the work, he adds in a bit of science again, like he, he did with the numbers of the angels, like the, the chessboard. So he says, as the geometer who tries so hard to square the circle but cannot discover, think as he may, the principle involved, so did I strive with this new mystery. So the geometer who tries to square the circle, this was a, one of, the, one of the, the things they tried to figure out at the time, is how can you, if you have a circle, how can you create a square with the same area as the circle, with only having a compass and a ruler. And they tried and they suspected this, that it wasn't possible. And in the 1800s, it was proved that this is not possible because if you have a, a circle and you want to make a square to have the same area, you need to construct the number pi. And it's impossible to, instruct, uh, to construct pi. So this is a transcendent number. It, it never ends. So you can't construct it with a compass. And then that's what Dante is referring to. In terms of how he is not able to describe what he sees in human terms with human language or with the human reason or intellect. 
So he says then, I yearn to know how could our image fit into that circle? How could it conform? So like the humanity or humans fit into the, this image of the, the point of uh, divinity. But my own wings could not take me so high. Then a great flash of understanding struck my mind and suddenly its wish was granted. At this point, power failed high fantasy. But like a wheel in perfect balance turning, I felt my will and my desire impelled by the love that moves the sun and the other stars. And that's where it ends. So, as in all the books, it ends on stars. And what he's describing is then that he gets the final vision, but he, he cannot describe it more than he did here. And that he is in some sense, like the wheel is a perfect motion, is also eternity and perfection in itself because like all the points that are at the same distance. So in geometry is the perfect form. But um, he's also describing in some sense how his, his being and existence and consciousness is just like expanding into, into this point of, of the eternal light and the divinity and the universe in some sense also. Which is then the love that moves the sun and the other stars. So that's also this, the first mover of existence. And um, also the, the final word of the whole work is just love and then kind of everything or this motion in, in itself and the light with the sun and the stars. So that's the final few verses of uh, the comedy. So... Um, but I just thank all of you who have been following from the beginning through the Inferno, the Purgatory, and now the Ascent into the Paradise and the final moments in Empyrean. And there is a saying about the comedy, which is, once you read the whole comedy, you are ready to start reading the comedy. And there's something to this, because you can read it over and over, and you discover new things, and you will see the references. Like in, so many of the cantos have references to things that is going to happen like further along in the in the work or or also to other parts of Greek philosophy and myth and uh, the Christian tradition and Roman Empire history. So it's uh it's and the, the symbolism is so dense so you can you can look it up again and see more of it and then you can live your life for a while, <laughs> some years, and then you can come back and then you will see new things. So it's um it's one of those big works of literature that you can have with you as a companion for for your whole life. Uh, okay, so we're going to stop there. And um, uh, thanks also for listening to this episode. And uh, hope some of this was interesting and inspiring for also your own future studies <laughs> of the comedy. And um, I hope you have a great day. how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.